Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. What is up, Rush Nation? Welcome back to another week of the Monday Night Takeover. I am your host, Ash, and this week I am joined by Rich. Hello, Rich. Hi, how's it going? Yes, not bad at all, thank you. Not bad. Um, Lee cannot be with us this week as he's sunning himself up in Miami and uh, I'm pretty sure he went to watch the Miami game so I'm sure he's feeling a bit down today. I don't know what time it is over there. I actually heard that the Dolphins had a, had a lead for about you know, two or three minutes in that yeah, game. So that's yeah, a couple of that's minutes. unbelievable. The season's really turning around. Yeah, he'll be having another... Uh, it'll be, he was loving the first half last week so I'm sure he was this week because to be fair to him they did alright. So. But we will, uh, we will get one, onto that one in a bit more detail later. Uh, we're back again for another Sunday night, Sunday day game review, um, and let's uh, jump straight into it. We will start at the Titans at Falcons. Bit of a surprising one, actually. I mean, Falcons have struggled all year, but Titans ran away with this one, twenty-four ten winners. Um, the, I mean, my my first and main takeaway from this is the Falcons' offensive line is is uh, still pretty atrocious, even with their the new rookies that they drafted. I don't know what uh, what your opinion is on it, Rich, at the moment. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so I actually I'm I'm actually putting together like a weekly article for Roto Baller uh, about offensive line play, and they were they were towards the bottom of of where I where I had them um, in terms of the rankings for the whole league. So I I don't really know what to do with the Falcons because they just seem a bit all over the place. Like they're not really too sure if they should be relying on Freeman. He's struggling, or if they should be giving. Matt Ryan the ball, but then he's not getting the protection that he needs. It just seems like a massive step step backwards. Yeah, it really does. They, I, I agree. They're they're all over the shop at the moment. Even even in the, the win that they've had, they still looked shaky and, and only just sort of got got out of it. But 
yeah, they they just look lost on offense. And to, to give them credit, I mean, their defense have, have played okay so far this season. But again, they they're missing key players through injury, just like they did last year. And uh, it's already starting to show. And I think they could be in for a long year. But the yeah, I, I agree. The main main takeaway from it is that the O line is is one of the worst in the league, and I can't see it getting getting better anytime soon. I mean, they're too reliant on the on the rookies at the moment, and they're just they're just not ready. Um, from the Titans side, I mean, Mariota had a much better game than he has for the first three weeks. Um, he finished the day 18 completions off 27 for 227 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, he did fumble it, but they, the Titans did recover it, so he sort of got away with that one. Um, I mean, after a shaky first few weeks, he's he, he looked quite good in this game, um, more so the first half. Um, but yeah, much improved. I don't know. He's still unreliable. I'd I'd say he's sort of one of the lower end quarterbacks in this league. Um, but he looks good today, and he sort of got the job done, especially in the first half. Derek Henry um, finished the day with 100 yards, no touchdown, but they're sort of giving him the ball and letting him run with it as, as much as possible, which is what they said at the start of the year. So they uh, they seem to be keeping to their words. Um, any any thoughts on, on Henry or Mariota? So I think um, I think you said it perfectly. So I think Mariota is one of those guys who he is going to have some boom weeks and he's going to be perfect for like a best ball format because those boom weeks tend to be pretty large. But it seems as though the Titans have really gone back to the blueprint of we're going to play really fundamental, solid defence and we're just going to kill clock with Derek Henry because the guy is like a wrecking ball. You know, it, it does take two or three guys to stop him. Yeah, he can be... You know, he's really limited in, in the passing game. But, I mean, I don't want to tackle him. <laughs> No, I mean he's bigger than some of the defensive linemen. To be fair, I mean like, he is a he is a specimen, and he's got some speed behind him as well. Yeah, I mean with a, with a little bit of a you know weight behind that as well. Yes, the definite. I don't want it. No, definitely not. And like you you alluded to it just then, but the, this Titans defense is is a good defense, especially this year. I mean, like we, we've we've touched on the Falcons' O line, but even so, they got five sacks on Sunday and eleven quarterback hits. They are. They have a fierce defensive front seven. Um, so I think they're gonna they're gonna prove a lot of teams difficult difficulty this year, um, and they they have done already. So, um, sort of the the main takeaways on the offense for the Falcons, barring the um, barring the offensive line, Freeman finally got 100 yards from scrimmage. He still didn't look amazing today, but they gave him the ball, and he, I mean. He only finished with 28 rushing yards, but he sort of saved this day with 72 receiving yards. Um, and I mean, that was that was it really. Julio Jones had a, a subpar day. I mean, he did break another record. Um, fastest receiver to reach 11,000 receiving yards. Uh, and Calvin Ridley, I don't know what's going on with him um, these last couple of weeks, but he was almost non-existent again today, three for 32. He's being outshone by Sanu at the moment, which I'm finding a bit odd, especially, I mean, he looked good last year. Yeah, I just I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Ridley was Ridley was really hot and cold last year. I mean, he's he is a great uh, route runner, but I think I think what it is, teams are just learning how to scheme him a little bit better. Um, and Sanu is just Sanu's one of those guys who's yeah, he has the odd game where he you know you really think oh I really should have put him in my lineup, but he just has a lot of games where he's just like meh. Okay, 
it really depends. If that's what you need for the week, then he's a great, great guy to have. But I'd prefer, I, I would prefer Ridley personally on my roster because he's going to, Sanu's never really going to win me a week. No. Ultimately, Ridley has that opportunity because he can score three touchdowns in a game. That can happen. Yeah, 100%. Sanu's definitely a, a player that you'd be, you probably always have on your bench. And unless you are absolutely desperate, you wouldn't see him in a starting lineup, really, uh, apart from the sort of deepest leagues. Yeah, he's that bye week, the bye week guy. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, I mean, that's that's sort of it from me from from this. I mean, AJ Brown had a good a good first half. He did then the day with two touchdowns. But um, I mean, there's not not much more to talk about. I don't know if you have any other takeaways from this game, Rich. No, not not too much. No. All right, cool. Well, we will uh, move on to your first game, um, and I believe it is the Redskins at the Giants. Yeah, so I think <clears throat> I think this will be a pretty quick one, especially for the Redskins, because uh, it's just essentially a dumpster fire. Um, Putting Dwayne Haskins in there, I, I felt I almost felt bad for the guy uh, you know, towards the end of the game. When I was thinking, like, just he's he's clearly struggling. To put Case out there because Hask is going to do nothing for Haskins' confidence that he's throwing three interceptions in his first yeah. game. Not at all. I mean, I didn't think he was ready this year at all. Um, I'm an Ohio State fan, so I watched him in, in detail last year at the at the college level. It's so different, and even then. This is it was his first full it was his first starting season last year, um, and yeah it, it was a bad mistake. I mean it was the right idea to try it against the Giants, but they should have seen pretty quickly that it wasn't going to work out. And I mean Murph made a good point when when Murph sorry made a good point when head coaches are fighting for their job, they will use a, a week um, a round one quarterback as a scapegoat, um, and. They have to, but yeah, it's, it's too early for him. He should have been able to sit, and I, I hope they don't put him back out there. I mean, it won't do his confidence any good him sitting from now on, but I, I think it's a lesser of two evils. You can't put him back out there now. No, I mean, I, I, Case Keenum's a, a perfectly capable quarterback. I mean, he's going to... He, he's he's just one of those, like, yeah, he's he's pretty, he's pretty good. And Haskins could have really done with the season, as you say, just sitting behind Keenum. But, I mean... I don't really want to talk about the Redskins too much because I just I think <clears throat> there's no one on that roster that I particularly want. Like Chris Thompson has some value, I guess, in a really deep league, but other than that, I just want to hold my nose and just move on. Yeah, I agree. So the Giants actually I, I thought they'd kind of struggle um without Barkley. And one of one of my um I kept kind of like beating it all week was everyone seemed to be just loving on Gorman. And I was like, he's he's not Barkley, and everyone's just kind of expecting that you just plug him in and he he'd do really well. So you can imagine the amount of egg on my face uh, after his after his performance scoring two touchdowns. I I still think that my take is probably valid, and I think this is maybe just the Redskins were just really not good on defense. Um, but Gorman sh- certainly showed out. So. I mean, if you can, if you picked him up and you can trade it, you know, get someone to buy in on the hype, then I'd definitely sell him. Um, I think for me, the biggest takeaway here was um, the return of Sterling Shepard and the fact that we could actually see Daniel Jones actually kind of take on that next level and manage manage a game. Because he didn't really make too many, I know he threw two interceptions, but he didn't really, you know, put too many, go wrong yeah. too, too much. You know, he just kind of managed the game to the victory. 
yeah, he did exactly what he was asked to do, and against this defense, they sort of they did allow him to do it. But I I agree, barring the two interceptions, he didn't really do anything wrong. Um, and yeah, the the Gorman shout is a good one. I I sort of said it this morning to, to a couple of my friends that this is the time to sell him. Yes, Barkley's going to be out for a, a number of weeks still, but you're not going to come against up against this Washington defense every week and. You could be a one, two weeks down the line and regretting that he's still on your lineup with a with a poor display and all of his trade value's gone. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I think you're going to be a lot better to sell early on him than hold him on for two, 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 three more weeks. Because mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I just think he he's actually just not he's just not that good, and he just showed out in this game. So. Yeah. I think the, the the Redskins made him look better than he probably is. Yeah, I would say so too. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, <laughs> speaking of a team that's fighting for the number one overall pick, we move on to the Chargers at the Dolphins. And after that display by the Redskins, they are legitimately challenging the Dolphins for this number one pick. Um, the Chargers walked away of this one, quite understandably, 30 to 10 winners against the Dolphins. Um, to, to give the, the Dolphins credit though they, they did play well in the first half and they, like you said at the start of the podcast they did have the lead for a good couple of minutes which I think is the first time all year they've managed that so um, I mean again just like the Redskins there's not a great deal to talk about on the Dolphins side of things um, Kenyon Drake finally put in a reasonable performance um, 9 for 44 on the ground and 3 for 29 it was just nice to see them take the ball away from, um, I can't even remember his name, Kalen Balage. I mean, yeah. just that was the right move. <laughs> but they still don't have to seem to have full trust in Kenyon Drake because they turned around and gave Walton um, half a dozen um, half a dozen attempts as well. So uh, they didn't score any points in the second half. Uh, Preston Williams... I like him, and I've said it for a few weeks and before the season started that I like him, and I think he's got good long-term value. Um, the only issue he's getting at the moment is, is um, he, he's fumbled a couple of times already this year, so he's just got to sort of watch his hands and be a bit safer with the ball. But I, I don't know about you, but I don't think there's a great deal to talk about on the Dolphins side again this week. No, I mean, the only thing that I would say is I hate the fact that Devontae Parker kind of had a decent game in this game because now he's just going to be there just nagging me like yeah. oh, put, put me in DFS put me in DFS and I'm going to be like oh I believe so much in the talent so he, and then he'll just put up a dud next week the so I'd same. much prefer if he just did that consistently yeah the same every year with Parker unfortunately and I don't think that will ever change that's just the type of player he is um, on the Chargers side of the ball I mean like I say they were playing the Dolphins there wasn't much that they could do wrong they tried to in the first half but they sort of managed to right the ship in the second uh Rivers had a pretty good game 24 completions off 30 attempts 310 yards and two touchdowns um I mean probably the main talking point before the game was that Melvin Gordon was suiting up I would hope anyone with half a sense in football would have known that he would have had minimal if if any touches and that was the case um he was dressed, but he, he didn't get on the field for a snap. Um, Tremaine Pope was the uh, backup and the sort of the um, piece alongside Eckler in Jackson, with Jackson being out injured. Um, but like I say, Eckler had a very good day, 
for you, to be honest. Um, 18 attempts on the ground, 60 yards and a touchdown, and then five through the air for 62 and a touchdown. So he had a good day. Um, I mean, the Chargers, it was a good job they played the Dolphins with this week, to be honest, because they were savaged on offensive options. Hunter Henry, obviously we know he's out long-term, and they also have Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin, and Virgil Green all inactive today. Dontrell Inman signed last month. He came in, he scored a touchdown, but then he unfortunately left with an injury as well. So um, they are getting ravaged on the, on injuries, unfortunately, in the offence at the moment, Chargers. So understandable why they're 2-2, two and two, I would suppose. Yeah, uh, Inman didn't score. Oh, did he not? No, you're right, he didn't score. <laughs> Apologies. Uh, it, was, it was it was all the running backs. Yeah, it was, it was Tremaine uh, Pope. Pope. Yeah, yeah, sorry, you're correct. I completely misread that. Uh, <laughs> he he finished the day as the top receiver though with uh, 76 yards. So I, I, he did. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was pretty disappointed. I, I thought Keenan Allen was going to eat. Oh, so did I. I mean, um, I had so much exposure to him in DFS, so I don't really want to talk about it because it kind of upset me a little bit. Because I was like, how does this guy not get 50,000 targets this week no, with no one else to pass to? But they literally yeah. wasn't. I mean, I don't even know half the players that they that have got receptions for them this week. But yeah, no, I agree. Um, Alan was a Alan was a big disappointment finishing on the, the day with just forty eight yards. So, um, I but I don't have anything else to take away from this game. It wasn't a barnstormer. Understandable Chargers win. But any, anything else from you before we move on? No, I'm good. Cool. Okay. Uh, next up, we are back over to you, Rich, for the Raiders at Colts. Yeah, so obviously Raiders got the victory over the Colts, which is great. It means they've got some kind of decent momentum, I guess, coming into London. Because um, that's the first game, right? Raiders, Raiders, Bears. It is indeed, yes. Yeah, so that's this weekend. So, um, which I, I just, I'm sure we'll move. We'll talk about Chicago later, so we'll leave it for then. But yeah, um, <clears throat> but yeah, the Raiders looked okay. It seemed to move the ball. Ugliest part of this game was definitely that tackle from Vontae's perfect, and he's now been banned for the season. So, I think personally, I don't think that's long enough. I think he should just be just outright taken out. Just yeah, I agree. He just just shouldn't be on the football field. This is multiple times he's had bans and disciplinary action against the NFL uh, from the NFL. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think the thing the thing for me is it's just. It's just cheap shots as well. That's the thing. So I, yeah, I mean, know, I am. I, um, I, I played a lot of rug, rugby in my life, and I just to see someone like that is just it just infuriates me because it's just if you want to if you want to try and hurt me, then do it properly. Like, don't cheap shot me. Yeah, and I mean, look, Doyle in fairness was getting up, but he leveled his head. He had no intention of wrapping him up. He just put his head down and went for him. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, otherwise in this game, uh, the Raiders looked pretty good. Josh Jacobs seemed like he actually, yeah, he had a decent, decent amount of work. Um, Trevor Davis flashed up, um, but it might be good for a highlight reel. But don't pick him up because you know there was a reason why he got cut from the Packers. There's a reason why he, you know he wasn't wanting to be signed by anyone until the Raiders picked him up. Um, I think for me. If I'm if I'm looking at Raiders, the guys I want are Darren Waller, Tyrell Williams now and again, and Derek Carr. I think the we've seen enough from Hunter Renfro that the hype isn't just gonna it's just not gonna be delivered upon. I know 
when Antonio Brown got uh, got cut, everyone was on the Renfro train. Um, but he's he's just not he's just not going to be that guy that you're going to want to put in your lineup. No, not at all. He's worth a stash in Dynasty just to see what happens. But yeah, I agree. He's got little to no value at the moment. Yeah, I mean, um, and moving on to the Colts, this this game obviously uh, T.Y. Hilton was um, was just not he he was uh, inactive for the game, which meant that the Zach Pascal ended up being the the leading receiver. So if you knew who he was before the game, then congratulations. Um, I think the Colts are what the Colts are. They they're going to go dink and dunk up up the field and then. Just you know, Eric Ebron one reception for forty eight yards and a touchdown. It's kind of like typical for Ebron. Um, Jack Doyle looked good until that hit from Perfect. And uh, again with the Colts, I think Marlon Max, you know, he's not good. I don't think he's going to live up to the hype that he had in the off season. Um, I think this team just kind of Jacoby Brissett is is a decent quarterback, but he's no Andrew Luck. And I think that's kind of going to affect the fantasy value of all of these guys, even behind that offensive line. So, Yeah, I agree. I think he's a capable, another capable quarterback that the, the Colts have got. But um, everyone sort of, yeah, will lose value. And I think it's unfortunate with Mac. I, I suspect a lot of people started him. I mean, a lot of people drafted him high anyway, but after last week's display, I suspect the uh, the hype was, was high around a lot of people and yeah, I mean, he, he didn't look great all game. I mean, credit to the Oakland defense. They, they stuffed him consistently um, and he just didn't get going at all. Um, yeah. I mean, just going quickly back over to the Raiders. Um, I agree that Jacobs, it's good to see him getting the the workplay, but me and me and Lee sort of commented on it last week. I think the, He's still not being used in the passing game, which I find very surprising considering the type of player he was to come out of college. That was his main skill set that he was being that he was utilized for in in college. Yeah, I think I think that's I don't think that's an indication of him. I mean, I'm just frustrating as a fantasy owner, but I think it's actually mm. more of an indication of how much the team believes in Waller. Um, I remember seeing a stat about two three weeks ago, and it was talking about the combined targets between tight end and running back. Um, and they're essentially like um, inversely proportional. So if a running back has a lot of targets, a tight end typically doesn't and vice versa. So yeah. I think it actually says more that they really like the talent in Waller than it is a scathing take on Josh Jacobs' ability. Because as you said, that's how he was used in college. Oh, yeah. I, I, fully, I fully believe that he has got the ability. But uh, yeah, I agree. I think it, it, is, it is more down to the other weapons that Card does have in the passing game. And, and possibly Gruden doesn't like to rely on, on the, the running back out of the passing game as well. But yeah, Waller's an exceptional talent. And um, I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times previously. I, I believe he will be a top, top eight tight end come the end of the year minimum. I mean, if he keeps up this pace, he could finish higher. But obviously, we all know most most players will have a, some sort of slump. So, but he's looking very, very good. Um, we will move on to the next game, uh, which is the Panthers at the Texans. I mean, this one was a bit of a defensive slog, to be honest. Uh, the Panthers won out 16-10. Um, Carl Allen couldn't quite um, repeat his performance from last week. Um, he sort of came back down to work with a real thump. 232 yards through the air, no touchdowns, no interceptions. 
he did fumble the ball three times though and he did, and lost them all. Um, so he has got to work on his ball security, especially from the sounds of it. He could be uh, he could be um, covering Newton for a, a couple more weeks. I mean, I've not seen anything on Newton for the last couple of days, but earlier reports it seems that his injury is a bit more excessive than he was letting on. Um, I don't know if you've seen anything else recently on on Newton, Rich. No, I've, I've seen the same kind of thing. That it seems yeah. like it's a bit. No one, no one truly seems to be letting letting people know what's actually happening uh, with his injury. But it does seem like it's going to be like multiple weeks. Yeah, I mean, I've heard, I've seen reports that it could be a Liz Frank, and if that is, I mean, that's a real kicker. He could, he could realistically, if it's a Liz Frank, because he's missed the whole season, because they can be real tough to recover from that surgery. And even if he comes back, he'll he'll struggle like he did at the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, for, for me personally, I. I'm, I'm quite happy with that because I lost Nick Foles and Scott Fishbowl and uh, picked up Carl Allen's free agent. Didn't even have to use any fab. So the, long, the longer he's in, the better. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. Um, I mean, the only other real takeaway from uh, offensive pieces from me for the Panthers is we've got to mention Christian McCaffrey. Um, before the season, he was arguably a top three, top four running back. Um, he most certainly is now. Um, again, another day over 100 yards scrimmage, well over. In fact, he almost got 100 yards on the ground, finished with 93 rushing yards and a touchdown. Um, and he also got 86 yards through the air. Um, I don't know if you caught it, Rich, but the uh, the juggling catch that he managed to somehow pull in, I mean, that was that just sums him up really, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, he, he's almost like uh, Madden Chico. He kind of reminds me of Alvin Kamara when he first like hit the scene. Just seems like yeah. he can just do anything. Um he's- if you went up against player. him this week, then I feel bad for you. Yeah, that's definitely. Like, I think that's that's the level of performance that we had. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, it was Julio Jones against the Panthers, where he he just went r- ridiculous, like nearly mm. two hundred yards and like three touchdowns or something. Um, and this was this was another one of those kind of like performances where if you went up against him, then you probably lost your week. Yeah, I mean, it was it was very close to the two hundred yards from scrimmage on the day, so. He is an exceptional talent. He just he runs so angry, and it's he's a good it's good to watch. And he is yeah exceptional player. Um, only other takeaway from the Panther side of things is the uh, the rookie kicker Joey Sly. Um, I mean Graham Gano. I, I I've, been, I've not seen any news on his injury. I assume he's out for the year, but I I, I couldn't I couldn't comment on that. But since missing, since Sly missed his first kick of the season, he's now perfect, ten for ten on field goals and nine for nine on extra points. So they seem to find themselves a little talent there, which is always good to see. I picked him up in a few fantasy leagues, which have kickers in, but um, yeah, it's uh, not often that kickers get mentioned. But I, I thought I had to there, as, as he's a rookie and he's, he's doing so well at the moment, and he is winning Panthers games. Um, on the Texan side of things, another. Bad, I wouldn't say, yeah, oh, I will. A bad performance from Deshaun Watson, only 160 yards through the air. Um, he did recover his day slightly for fantasy with a rushing touchdown, uh, but at the same time, he lost the fumble as well. So if you started him this week, you aren't going to be that happy about it. Um, the O-line is another O-line, and I'm sure Rich will allude on it in a moment, that is a, is poor. Um I mean, that was apparent from the first snap, first drive. They, they back-to-back sacks ended their first drive of the day. But one thing I will say is I, I believe Watson holds on to the ball for too long. Um, 
and it's something that you can't afford to do behind this line at the moment. They gave up six sacks, 12 quarterback hits, and they were hurried 18 times. It's a poor line, but Watson is holding on to the ball too long, and that's where he's coming unstuck. Yeah, I think the difficulty is it's not a team that's very, very talented. I mean, outside of um, Hopkins, you know, you've got Stills, who's a downfield runner. You've got Fuller, who's a downfield runner, and you've got Duke Johnson as your dump off. So mm. that's the difficulty. He's holding on to the ball for a long time, but that's probably because he feels he has to to get something done. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I, I honestly, I just feel bad for the guy when I watch him play. I just think, geez, if you could just be given some level of relief around you, then you'd be a great player. I mean, he is, he's a good, he is good fancy because obviously he rushes. Yeah, but of course. That's this, this is the difficulty, right? It is, yeah. And I mean, yeah, he has his good days for fantasy because of his rushing. But at the same time, a lot of people, I mean, he was, what, a top four, top three draft pick in fantasy. So when he has games like this, you're going to be disappointed. And when he has games like this, unfortunately, DeAndre Hopkins tends to struggle as well. It's the second week in a row he's had a a subpar performance uh, and finished the day with 41 receiving yards and no touchdowns. James Bradbury has had a phenomenal season so far and he did shut him down a lot today um, on Sunday sorry but uh, yeah I mean like we say if Watson struggles obviously Hopkins is also going to struggle it doesn't help as well that he threw an interception (laughs) I mean that just sort of summed his day up to be honest yeah I mean it's it's not great I mean the Panthers defense is actually it's it's maybe not one that you particularly want for fantasy but you don't really want to be going up against it because it's you know, Luke Luke Keekley is he the guy's just ridiculous. I mean, if you I'm sure you watched all or nothing, right? Oh yeah. You see you see the guy and you see that level of dedication uh that he has to the game. You know, he's you know using an Xbox controller or whatever to just watch film and film and film and film. And yeah, you just hear from all, all players around the league that they say it's really disconcerting when they break the huddle and then Luke Keekley tells them exactly what play they're running. I was just about to say that, yeah. I mean yeah, you can it, it's it's unfair almost. So he's yeah, he's calling the audibles as the quarterback is calling them. It's you watch if you focus in on him whilst you what if you watch the Panthers, he is always talking, he's always pointing, he's telling his players where to go. He he's easily the best linebacker in the league, in my opinion. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean yeah, tackling is is one thing, but leading an entire unit is a complete other. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. That um, that sort of sums that game up. It wasn't the highest scoring, and there isn't much really to take away. I don't know if you have any other thoughts on that one, Rich. No, I mean, no, um, no. I think let's move on. We'll move on to a much more exciting game, shall we say, with the uh, the Chiefs at the Lions. So this this is kind of a ridiculous score, considering Patrick Mahomes didn't score, a, uh, didn't throw a touchdown. Thirty, oh. you know. 34-30 with a lot of penalties that were just really odd. You're just thinking, why are you doing this? And there was obviously the 99-yard um, force fumble touchdown score, which yeah. was mad as well. Um, <clears throat> this game was actually just really entertaining. I mean, I was I was watching um, I was watching Red Zone while we were building some furniture, and they constantly were going to this game, and that really shows you kind of what what the game must have been like. Um, I think from the chief from the chief standpoint, um, they're clearly missing the 
dynamism of uh, Tyreek Hill. They tried to replace that with, you know, Demarcus Robinson and Hardman, but they're just not. They're not Tyreek Hill, and that's that's no slight to them. But um, this this offense really does need that kind of speed to down down the way. Um, Deshaun McCoy, I own him a couple of fantasy leagues. Kind of frustrating, you know, that Daryl Williams vulture two two touchdowns. Um, so, I'd, personally, I didn't like that, but it's good to see that Sean McCoy is looking, you know, effective in it. I mean, I've, I said throughout the off season, I just want the Kansas City running back for fantasy because they're always yeah. going to score points. Um, I think for me, the craziest thing that we saw in the Chiefs was the. Did you see the pitch from? <laughs> yeah, the lateral. That was horrific. that was brilliant, wasn't it? I was like, wait. So my immediate thought. Because obviously, own Lashawn McCoy was how the hell does that score in fantasy? Like, is this now yeah. is that a rush or is that a reception? Because obviously, I'm, I'm in a half PPR league, so I was like, is, do I get half a point just for him catching the ball? But that's, um, yeah, that's a good point, actually. If you had a look, I haven't even had a look at that yet. I haven't looked at it either, but I mean, some of these crazy stuff happens, like in the playoffs where Marcus Mariota threw himself that <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I remember. It was like ten points plus the distance because. He passed and received it, so it's mad. Um, I think the the biggest the biggest thing for me in this game was Carry on Johnson, 125 yards on the on the ground. This guy was just being fed the ball, which is perfect to see. If you if you own Carry on Johnson, then that yeah you were over the moon. Um, I actually wrote about the Detroit Lions in my offensive line piece because they actually got a sneaky good offensive line. Um, not great in pass blocking, but phenomenal in run blocking. Like one of the best in the league. In fact, no, they are the best in the league. When you look at it com- combined across the whole the whole unit, they're they're um they're the best best team in the league at run blocking, and that really comes to show it with uh, the performance Carry On had. I think Matthew Stafford, if he didn't have that hurt hip, then he, I, I think there was a couple of spots where he would have done something with the ball, and Lions maybe would have won this game. So, yeah, they, they, you can, you can say that they were unlucky. Um, obviously, the, the, the Chiefs being the Chiefs, who are, they're always favourites, and the Lions took them real close. Um, and I, I agree, it was really good to see Johnson have that sort of day because um, I sort of gave him a bit of stick last week. It was another game where he was given the workload since um, him being the main back there, and he sort of didn't perform, but. Yeah, it was it was it was good to see that performance, and hopefully um, he can keep it up. Um, but yeah, um, Stafford, I agree. He looked at times, I wouldn't say shaken, but sort of reserved um, on some yeah, of his throws. Yeah, it just it, it wasn't even so much the throwing for me. I mean, did you you saw the fumble? Did you see the fumble that he had? Yes. Yeah. So that was clearly you could see he was being hindered by his hip because. Matthew Stafford is actually like sneaky fast. Mm. I think it's just because no one expects him to run. That gives him like loads of space. Um, and that fumble was primarily because he didn't feel like he had the ability in his legs to run. No, and uh, like I say, he'll they'll he'll feel hard done by that they didn't win that game. Obviously, that that sequence of play that you alluded to the uh, the ninety nine yards defensive touchdown. The play before that, they had a they had a touchdown pulled back so that just sort of almost put the nail in the coffin I mean I know they kept it they kept it close after that and it took the Chiefs the final drive to win the game but that must have been a real kicker for that to happen 
those two plays one after the other. Yep. <laughs> I, I had an interesting comment in one of my uh, Facebook groups last night while the game was going on um, in regards to Kenny Golladay. Um, and the guy said that Kenny Golladay is the best wide receiver in the North. And uh, you being a Packers fan, I'd be interested to hear your opinion on that. I mean, my opinion is he's just flat wrong. So <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's all we need to say. Like Devontae Adams is just leaps above Kenny Golladay. Golladay is yeah. great, but you know Adams is just elite. Yeah. Like in that Chicago Bears, in that Chicago Bears game in the opener, there were there were snaps where he was given not double team but triple team. That says enough. Yeah, yeah. I I tried to shut that down as quick as I could. I just be. uh, I was just interested to hear your point of view. I knew what it would be, but always (laughs) got to uh, bring it up. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't have anything else from that game. Um, I don't know if if there's anything else you you want to mention on that one. No, I I just. I, I yeah. Again, I just think it was great that Carry On Johnson actually was able to produce that that level of. Um, work on the ground so that's no, good. definitely uh, actually the only other thing as well is um, I think it was a good test for Mahomes this is the first game really where it's been he's had to sort of come from behind right at the end and win a game so it shows good it shows good um, I can't think of the word but no can't think of the word. It's yeah, good that's, yes. level, right? yeah definitely and sort of that's the sort of thing that you want to see from him this season to take that next step because they are a legit contender um, for the for the AFC, and interestingly, this was his first game in a dome. Was it? I did not know that. Yeah, supposedly so. First NFL game in a dome, and he didn't win. So, and uh, uh, no, he, he, he didn't have that a good good game. Not really. I mean. No, not from a not from a touchdown point of view. No. Um, well, we, we we will move on to another equally exciting game, which is the Cleveland Browns against the Ravens. Uh, the Browns. One out, forty to twenty-five. I mean, that that score probably looks a bit more comfortable than it should have been. The uh, Baker Mayfield, it was good to see him have a better game. And again, I would say um, this one's just getting down to the offensive line because the Bears have struggled through the first three weeks of their line. They've not looked great, but they looked a lot better this this week. Um, and they it was showed in the stats they only allowed one sack and one QB hit. Um, and Baker was allowed more time to stand up in the pocket and just the player that we saw last year he his stat line was um it wasn't it doesn't jump off the page but he completed 20 passes for 342 yards one touchdown and an interception uh, i think the main talking point from this though has to be nick chubb 20 attempts on the ground 165 yards three touchdowns um he ended the day on 183 yards from scrimmage with three total touchdowns um and the cap on that was probably that 88 yard rushing touchdown Interestingly enough, it was the longest one yet this season for a rushing touchdown. And the Browns also hold the longest receiving touchdown of the year, uh, which I believe is 89 yards. I can't remember off the top of my head. but um, So that was good to see him have such a good day. I think this was a, um, a very impressive display against what was touted as a good defence. Um, I mean, the Ravens have always had a good defence, but I think the Browns, Managed to show some of their weaknesses this week. Yeah, I think the, the Ravens have got a d- good defense, but I think that's more to do with the coach and the personnel. I mean, they lost a lot of leaders this this off season. Um, yeah, they, I know they brought in Earl Thomas, but they lost Eric Weddle. They lost Terrell Suggs. Like the, these are these are guys who they just kind of show out year in year out. Mm. So yeah, I think I think as you said, that the, t- the takeaway for me is one: Nick Chubb kind of arrived back on the scene. Two for me: Odell Beckham. Yeah, it's just I think, a bit of a concern. Like I don't really know what's going on there, to be honest. 
No, I think one of the main things he is obviously seeing the the main coverage from the the defense. But I mean, he still had seven targets today, and that only equated to two receptions for twenty yards. Is he carrying an injury? I don't know, or is this just that he is being played out of the game? But when you you hear Beckham, he never he this didn't happen in New York. Why? What? Is there something? There must be something wrong. Yeah. I, I just don't know if it's just that the the offensive play calling just not suited for him. I mean, Jarvis Landry. Oh yeah, he showed yeah, out. He had he had a great game, but I mean, the the point is like it. Ricky Seals Jones also had a good game. Is this is this just kind of like we're gonna dink and dunk, or is it just that we're just gonna take what's given to us? In which case, Odell Beckham probably isn't gonna get to see that much because the coverage is gonna be tighter. And it might just be that they actually said to Baker, like, don't take those risks because you need to get a game under your belt where you actually kind of show out to some, to some degree. So it might it might have even been that. I think if you can buy low on Odell Beckham, then you definitely should. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think he will he will have his games in the future, and I think that's that's a that's a very good point. Baker needed to have a good good game this week. It's it's been are in the Jets game. It's been a poor start to the year for him. So this would uh, hopefully do him a, a, a lot of confidence. Um, I mean, we alluded on it with, with Davis Landry. It's actually his career high day today, finished with 167 yards. Um, but unfortunately, he did leave the game with a concussion in the third quarter. So hopefully that uh, doesn't sort of knock him out for next week. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, the Ravens side of things, I mean... I don't actually have that many takeaways from them, to be honest with you. I mean, Lamar Jackson, he finished the day 247 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions. It wasn't amazing, but he still looked reasonably good. He's but he's so good at just escaping the pocket. It's ridiculous. I mean, he made so many plays. He finished the day with 66 rushing yards, but there were so many plays where he should have been dropped in the backfield and he ended up getting it for a positive, positive yards. I mean, I think... He's definitely taken that next step so far, at least this year. Yeah, I think yeah, he he's definitely looking a lot better than he did last year. The cause of concern I have for for him is it seems as though he's always wanting to get that extra one yard, and I'm just wondering if we're seeing Cam Newton all over again. You know that he's going to start getting more and more hits in the in the outfield. I mean, there were a couple of plays where he ran up the middle and then got battered by a linebacker. Mm. That's not really what you want, but. Other than that, like I'm not really overly, overly concerned with his two interceptions. I think that was just kind of a blip. Yeah, I agree. Brown, Brown's defense isn't; it's not great, but it's not awful. And yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of happy to write those off as a as a one-off. I'd say so. Yeah, and um, the, I agree with the, the Browns' defense. I mean, they they had for their three main secondary pieces Ward, Williams, and Burnett missing today. But it's more about their scheme. Wilkes as as bad as he was as a head coach for Arizona last year he is an incredible defensive coach um, and that, that showed today they schemed Lamar as much as they could out of the game and with, when you've got the type of player that Lamar is he's always going to give you something but they they sort of they, they, they did the job that they needed to do today I mean like I say the, there isn't a great deal to take away no no Ravens offensive weapons really shone out. I mean, Ingram did finish the day with 71 yards, but he at the same time lost a fumble. He's looking better than I thought he would at the start of um, in the preseason, to be honest. But um, I, yeah, 
this this was a sort of back down to earth game for the Ravens, really. Um, and, and interestingly enough, now because of this win, the Browns are top of the AFC because of the tiebreaker. So it's, uh, it's I think this and it's the first. I can't remember the exact stat, but this is the first time in a good good few years that they've been top of the North AFC North. So things are looking up for them. Yeah, it certainly seems like they're improved. Yes, definitely. Um, we'll move on to the next game now. Um, back over to Rich, and it's the Patriots at the Bills. So, for me, the biggest takeaway of this was that Bill Belichick is just going to build Belichick. Um, the defence for the Patriots normally takes a little bit of time to get going, but it seems like they just have come out of the gate at the start of the season and just, you know, they're firing. It seems like they're scoring special teams touchdowns every week now. I'm not sure if that is actually true, but if that's what it feels like. No, thereabouts, yeah. Um, I think for me, the biggest the biggest takeaway is Sonny Michel got, you know, the, the carries that I, I was worried that he wasn't going to get the chance to get again. So he got 17 carries, which he took for 63 yards. Again, he doesn't really get involved in the passing game, but ultimately you don't need him to all the time because he's just going to get that usage. Normally you'd get like a rushing touchdown or two, which would give him like really good fantasy value. But, um, you know, Tom Brady just kind of did what he needed to do, kind of managed the game. Defense was on top of the Bills all game. And I think from a Bill standpoint, biggest takeaway has got to be Josh Allen um, looking quite vulnerable, being forced to make some bad throws, and then obviously leaving the game with um, after a pretty nasty hit. Yeah, I think he what was it three interceptions on the day he threw before he left the game. Yeah, and that was always going to happen because but but you know Bill Belichick. We'll do that to a quarterback who's a bit inexperienced. Mm. He'll he'll force them into bad throws in coverages that you know they think there's a gap, but there's no gap. Frank Frank Gore is obviously um, another record broke, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think he at one point in the game he literally had was it ten thousand rushing I'm yards? Just, just looking now, fifteen thousand um, career yards is the. Yeah, I remember being a, back. a nice round figure. Yeah, um, and I think. He's he's a, he's one of those guys who, if you had Saquon Barkley and you managed to pick up Frank Gore on your bench before, then he's going to be great because until Devin Singletary comes back, it's the Frank Gore show. That's it. Hundred percent. There's no one else in Buffalo. Hundred percent. I think this this the stats like the stats for both Brady and Allen say it all. Really, this was a defensive game. Um, it was always going to be the Bills have got a sneaky good defense and they've shown it through four weeks. That's why they're three and one and they. Yeah, they they showed out against a against a, a good, oh well, more than a very good Patriots offense for for the most part. I mean, yeah, there's there's not much to take away from this game, bar the the defense of both these teams are, are top tier. Yep. Okay. Um. I mean, if there's nothing else on this game, then we can uh, quickly move on. Yep. Cool. Good. Perfect. We are going to go to a much more uh, entertaining game and be the uh, Buccaneers at the Rams. This one ended 55-40 to the Buccaneers. And what I mean, a game it was. Here yeah. be, we go for a game where defence was on top to where defence was optional. Yeah, uh, that's, <laughs> yeah that, that would have been a good one. Uh, that's, definitely how, <laughs> that's definitely how it seemed like when, um, in watching it. Yeah, I mean, I it was ridiculous, wasn't it? I think there was almost 900 passing yards between Winston and Goff. Granted, Goff got 517 of them, but still, to, you just look at the scoreline and you know this was a an offensive shootout. Uh, I mean, actually saying that, Sue come back into town and uh, scored a touchdown against his uh, against his former club, the Rams, to put the game to bed. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, we'll start with the Buccaneers. Jameis Winston um, carried on his impressive form from last week. Four touchdowns, 385 yards through the air and only one interception. It did go back for a uh, defensive touchdown, but he's just looking so much more confident. And, I mean, barring the first week of the season where, let's be honest, he was pretty atrocious, he's he's looked very good. And I think Arians is finally starting to coach him into the sort of player that we've we were all hoping he could be. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, Arians is a great coach. I mean, again, the first season of All or Nothing, you see, you see a couple of moments where, you know, you Carson Palmer would be coming over to the, t- the touchline, and Arians has given him like the "Why did you make that pass? That was stupid." And then he's in the next moment going over and saying like, "You know, look, this is just what we need you to do better." I think Arians is a great coach, and it's exactly what Jameis Winston needed. Yeah, definitely. Godwin has his. Well, I think this. I think this was his best game of his career so far. 172 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I mean, look, it almost matched uh, Mike Evans' display last week. Not quite as impressive, but still. I mean, to have two wide receivers in in two weeks get over 150 yards and five touchdowns between them is uh, is ridiculous. Uh, Mike Evans. He got shut out for most of the game. Um, Barring right at the end, uh, he broke coverage and got a 67-yard touchdown, but he only finished the day with 89 yards. So that says that all the Rams focused on him a lot and tried to shut him out as much as possible. And that may be one of the reasons why Godwin thrived so much, although I don't know if you if you caught his second touchdown, but he absolutely smashed one of the Rams' defenders to get over the line. Yeah, I mean, as you say, God, Godwin's just he's, he's, he's an impressive talent. But he's been made to look more impressive because yeah, you see you see what happens if you don't give Mike Evans the attention he deserves. He scores three touchdowns. Yeah, he will make you pay. And that's this is the sort of tandem that you want. You want Mike Evans, who is the elite wide receiver, and then you want that very high end wide receiver too that will take advantage of those weaker coverages. And how do you scheme against that? I mean, through two weeks you've shown that if you focus on one, the other one's gonna thrive. Yeah. The running back, I mean, I won't spend too much time on the Tampa Bay running backs, but I, from my opinion, it looks like um, Ronald Jones is the main guy here. I mean, he got 19 attempts, um, 70 yards and a touchdown. Peyton Barber did get a touchdown right at the beginning of the game, but he was only given nine nine attempts, which ended up with 19. It's not the most exciting duo, but if Ronald Jones is going to be putting up 70 yards and a touchdown every week, then you're going to be happy with those numbers for someone that you Likely drafted as your fourth, third or fourth running back. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, and then the only other thing from the Bucks is on the defensive side. Um, Murph is absolutely loving him at the moment, but Shaq Barrett had another ridiculous game. He is really in the mix of Defensive Player of the Year um, in this early stage of the season. He finished the day with four tackles, a sack, an interception and a forced fumble. I mean, he has been an absolute difference maker for this Buccaneers defence, which is another defence considering they gave up 40 points. They have been very good so far this year and they've shut down a lot of running game. Yeah, they have, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we're going to move on to the Rams in a minute, but um, actually when I, when I was looking at offensive lines, the Rams were actually right towards the bottom of the league in terms of protection, especially mm. in run blocking. I mean, the interior of their line with uh, Joseph Noteboom and Brian Allen you know, at centre and left guard, they're really hindering that team moving forward. Yeah, and it's, it's a shame as well because that was one of the strong suits of the, the first the first couple of years of McVeigh, wasn't it? They, their line was, um, was was not elite, but it was very good and it 
gave Goff a lot of time and you can tell, I mean, he tied 68 passing attempts he had on the day, which is the third highest in NFL history. Granted, it's tied with about five or six people, but still, I mean, you can, that just shows that they were, they, I mean, they were 21 nil down at one point, I believe. Yeah. So they were chasing the game all day and the, the run game was always going to suffer, but to only have 11 rushing attempts on the day, I still found that quite surprising. Um, I mean, Gurley finished with 16 yards, but he did get two touchdowns, which obviously a lot of fantasy owners are going to be happy with that. But what you're not going to be happy with is the fact he only got five rushing attempts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... And the fact that they were in 16, he took them for 16 yards. 16 yards, yeah. Yeah, it's just, I, I'm not really too sure what to, to make of the Todd Gurley situation. I, I, I don't know if it's this knee that's actually worse than we thought it was, or, you know, I, I'm not really too sure, but there's something clearly not quite right there. I think the Rams are being overly caught, not overly cautious, but they're being very cautious of him, and but possibly rightly so. I mean, there is no way, even if he isn't injured at the moment, that you can give him the sort of workload that he's had in the past. He's he's beyond that now. Um, it's just not a viable it's not a viable situation for him. I mean, the the three wide receivers that the Rams have got are, are arguably the best group of wide receivers in the league. Um, Robert Woods finished today as the the leading wide receiver with 164 yards. Cooper Cup was closely followed behind him with 121. Um, and then sort of Brandon Cook was the, the, the lesser of three this week, but still finished with 71 yards. Like we said before, I mean, if Goff's going to throw for 517, then they're going to get high numbers. But I think Cooper Cup's my favourite of the three, despite Woods' performance this week. He seems to be the main guy for, for Goff. It's, it seems to be always his first read. And it's likely because Goff's always looking to get rid of the ball quickly. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd agree I- I think for me, I'd probably prefer to have Woods or Cup as opposed to Cooks because Cooks is prone to those boom games, so he can go missing, and I don't really like that in a, in a wide receiver. He's probably going to be a wide wide receiver one. So no, he's definitely yeah, he's definitely a boom or bust. Um, the the most boom or bust out of the three. And the only other thing I've got from this game is obviously the Rams' defense have kept them in the a lot of the ties so far this season, and they went they went wandering quite a lot this this week and the the buccaneers made them pay so i think it's only a lapse this game was sort of a real wild card you're not going to see this most weeks but they they need to sort of right the ship on the defensive side or i think the offense is going to continue to to struggle because Goff I, 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 I mentioned it last week I just don't know what to make of Goff I don't think he's a bad quarterback but I just he's not I mean the amount of money they paid him is is obscene I don't think he's worth that money he's a game manager in my opinion yeah I think Goff's one of these guys who in the nicest possible way I think he's probably going to hold that team back because you know they've paid him a, a lot of money but he's not he, he isn't going to live up to that amount of money and even towards the end of his career, he's going to be one of those guys who allows you to make the playoffs, but doesn't really help you go too much further. Like he really relies on the talent around him to be, you know, to, to kind of lead the charge. No, definitely. Um, that that's all from from me on that game. Have you got any other thing else on that one, Rich? No, no, no. Uh, cool. just uh, defenses would be better. Yes, definitely. They will be better as well. Okay, moving on to the next game. Seahawks at the Cardinals, Rich. So Arizona Cardinals secondary just is straight out atrocious. That um, that was kind of known before. And a unit is missing Patrick Peterson. You know, it's just not good. And the Seattle Seahawks kind of took advantage of that. Will Disley, you know, he just, he, he you yeah, know, he's, He's one of these guys who I don't really understand it, but he just seems to keep scoring. 
Tyler Lockett as well. He he had a pretty good performance. DK Metcalf, yeah, he had a quiet performance, but actually it, he was kind of being used more to to take them down. Um, you know, to, to take them take them, the guys downfield. I mean, this to me just seemed like it was Chris Carson getting back back into form. Uh, CJ Prosize might have stolen a touchdown, but. I don't really want to pick him up going forward because I think there's a more positive outlook on um, the injury to Rashad Penny. I don't know if you've got any takes from the Seahawks, but um, yeah, I, I was I was quite happy to see Davian Clowney get his you know his first interception for you know to take it back to the house. But other than that, the Seahawks just kind of did what they needed to do against the Arizona Cardinals defense, who aren't good. Yeah, no, this I don't I don't have much takeaway from this game. I agree with you. It's, it was good to see Carson have the, the the bulk of the workload with with Penny being out and I don't know I I didn't really see too much this game, but did he have a fumble today uh, on Sunday? Uh Carson didn't have a fumble. Excellent. See that cuz that's that's been the main concern for a lot of people. I think he's fumbled three times already this year, so to see him be secure with the ball is is always a good thing to see. But no, I I don't have any real takeaways from this one to be honest with you. Um not from the Seahawks side of things, anyway. No, uh, and then moving on to the Cardinals. I mean, Kyler Murray just seemed like he kind of got a bit of an education in what the NFL's like. Uh, there are a couple of times where he tried to escape the pocket that, you know, in college he probably would have got away and made a first down, and in the NFL he got smashed. Uh, so I think this was kind of an education for him. I think I, I'm not massively worried about the Arizona Cardinals offense. David Johnson had you know, nearly a hundred yards receiving. Uh, I think so. He's still going to be fine for fantasy. Larry Fitzgerald seems like he's been rejuvenated. Um, outside of that, I really just don't. I want to see this offense start getting going because this is the biggest question that I've got. Is it seems like I'm not really too sure what they've achieved. Truly, yeah, they've got Kyler Murray, but if you gave um, if you, if you gave him Josh Rosen, then um, I don't think you'd see any like massive difference between the two. It just it seems to me a bit a bit of an odd offense. Considering yes. the investment they made in it, yeah, I, I agree. I think everyone, everyone is waiting for that that moment that Murray arrives. Almost, he's not looked terrible, but he's by no no way looked good really through through any of the weeks. He he always he always seems a bit lost at times. Just from the, I've never really had too much focus on the Cardinals games through the first four weeks, but yeah, he just. I think as soon as his first read goes, he almost panics tries to leave the pocket and like you say this isn't college he more often than not gets gets stuff behind the line and I think he he's learning as quickly as he can but I, I think it's going to be a bit of a slower process than people are hoping for yeah yeah and I think that's the that's the biggest thing is everyone kind of had this idea that he's you know first he was number one pick and he's going to be this great elite player and Really, you need you need guys around you that are going to enable you to make plays. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll move on to the next game. I don't think we're going to be spending too much time on it, to be honest with you. Uh, it is the Vikings at the Bears. The Bears won out sixteen to six winners. Main talking point from this one is the fact that Trubisky left in the first first drive. Um, he's injured his shoulder. It sounds as though it's a dislocated shoulder. Um, I haven't seen many reports of how long he's going to be out for, but they reckon it at least next week. Uh, it all depends, I suppose, on the severity of the dislocation. He could be back in a week. He could be out for three or four weeks. Um, I don't know if you've if you've seen much on on the injury. Yeah. So last I last I saw is he's not travelling to London for this game, okay. and they're hoping that he might be available for the bye week uh, for after the bye week because obviously they will have a bye week straight off London. 
Yeah. So, I mean, Trubisky hasn't looked that good anyway. So I'm no. not really like, <laughs> oh, like, if he's your fantasy quarterback, you probably should have been looking elsewhere before. So yeah, he's he's mine, unfortunately, in one of my leagues. Anyway, I can't. I don't have much choice though because it's a twenty-man league, so I'm a bit uh, I'm a bit stuck. Yeah, I, I was just going to move on to that. Obviously, Chase Daniels coming to relieve Trubisky, um, and he he looked relatively solid. I mean, his numbers don't don't jump off the page. 195 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown came on the opening drive, but he is. Uh, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but he is a good game manager. He'll he knows this playbook well. He doesn't make any silly mistakes. I don't think I've seen one silly mistake from him. Um, I don't know if you caught it, Rich, but on the first drive where the ball was fumbled, um, he actually tackled uh, one of the Vikings' defensive players to allow their centre to pick the ball up. Not You don't see many quarterbacks going in and tackling a, a defensive player to, to stop the ball getting uh, turned over. No, I think Chase Daniels, he's one of those guys who... Um... It doesn't make me panic about the the fact that yeah we don't have um, Trubisky throwing the ball because I don't think it's a massive downgrade. No. Um, so yeah, I think I, I think we've said enough on that. Game. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cook got Cook and Cousins both got pummeled all day. Um, this was the first game that Cooks had under a hundred yards rushing. Um, and yeah, I mean, just even with. The Bears missing Roquan Smith and Akeem Hicks. They they caused Vikings all sorts of problems, and Cousins couldn't really get it going at all. He's looked poor all year, and this game was always going to be a difficult one for him. They only had two first half possessions in the in the first half. Um, the Vikings, but yeah, I, I don't have anything else to really take away from this game. Nah, move on. Let's move on. <laughs> we'll, we'll move quickly <laughs> on um, to the Jags at the Broncos, Mister Mustache. Yeah, Mister Mustache. So he actually, he actually kind of, um, he he did all right in this game. I I, I think. You know, I was kind of thinking that he was really going to struggle, especially at the start where it seemed like the Broncos, after having not ha- recorded a single sack, just seemed like. Oh yeah, this is what we do. Um, Von Miller recorded his, you know, the Broncos' first sack of the season, and then his hundredth, like two or three snaps after. It's sad news about Bradley Chubb because um, he's now confirmed that he's done his ACL, so his season's over. Um, and I think that's a that's a big loss on this on this defensive unit. Joe Flacco looked like Joe Flacco can be. He's you know that guy. He can score touchdowns. It seems like he locked in on Cortland Sutton, who was able to cause the, the Jags some some serious issues. This Jags team really needs Jalen Ramsey back. So I don't know what he's asking for in his contract, but you know, I think I'd just give it. As much as yeah. I don't like the whole you know player power thing, I think considering the guys that you've got on that team and the way that this team is set up, you have to you have to give it to him. And uh, and then just just make your peace with whatever bargain you've had to had to make. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, he he is the difference maker on the defensive side, um, and that showed today. Uh, I don't think Flacco would have had such a good day with uh, if Ramsey was covering Sanders. Uh, Sanders baffled me in this game. I only saw the highlights, and I only actually saw them about ten minutes before we started this. But I don't know if you saw it. He went down like clutching his leg on a tackle, and I thought, well, that's him done for the day. And then the next highlight, he's there catch another pass and run him for another 10 yards. I'm like, what is this man? Well, this is the same thing as um as, as Chubb's injury. So he literally blew his knee out, went back into the game, and now he's had season-ending surgery. Man. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know if it's just a, 
Yeah, because the air's obviously different up, up there, so I don't know if they just like got some like some superhuman power <laughs> as a result. But I don't know, that's crazy. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, what I was going to say, oh, Minshew, I think my favourite play of him all day. I don't know if you, you I, I suspect you did see it, but the uh, the Armstead touchdown. I think he like evaded about five tackles in the pocket and then somehow still got the ball out. But he's going to need to. That's the thing. Yeah. This, this offensive line is is not is not great. I mean. Um, Leonard, Leonard Fournette balled out in this game, which is nice to see because um, there are a lot of nervous fantasy owners out there. I, I know for a fact because I was getting, I got like a billion questions on him over the over the course of the week. What shall I do with Leonard Fournette? And the answer that I had was hold him because you're selling low. And it, the workload was always going to be there. So yeah, yeah, he looked he looked phenomenal, especially from the from the second half. He he broke a lot of big plays and he looked a lot better than he did the last couple of weeks. So yeah, I mean, as we said at the start, the Titans the Titans defense against running backs is is legit. So yeah, yeah I think that's uh, they, they were kind of my takeaways from the game. Yeah, I like I said, I didn't I didn't get a, to see a great deal of this one, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean the the Fournette. The Fournette performance and, and Minshew's Minshew looks doesn't look like a rookie. I mean, he's yes, he makes some mental errors, but he's he's more often than not looked looked a very capable quarterback. And they're going to have an interesting decision to make if Foles does come back this season, which is the which is the belief that he will be back. So I mean, they paid the guy eighty million, so he's likely going to come straight back in the lineup. But Minshew's given him a good go to uh, to make his state for the starting. Quarterback. Yeah, it just seems like the way to get a good quarterback is sign Nick Foles and then just draft whoever comes available. <laughs> that seems that like the best true. way to get it. That is very true. We will quickly go over the last game, the the late game for for us over in the UK. Cowboys at, um, at the Saints. The Saints won out ten twelve winners. Not much at all to take away from this offensively. Both defenses looked phenomenal. Um, it was a game much like it was in 2018. They had a very close game, these two, and the, the, whoever had the better defense on the day was always going to win. And, uh, and last night it was it was the Saints. I don't know if if you have any any takeaways from this game at all, Rich. The only takeaway I had was that what I really liked is the fact that Dallas Cowboys fans have to kind of be quiet now after their really ridiculously easy starts of the season. Yes, they met they met a proper team, and they you know promptly got their asses handed to them so that's uh that's always nice because these cowboy fans can be a bit much yeah they yeah they, they can um and yeah like you say they had an easy start and this is the sort of game that you that they would need to win to solidify that they're a contender in the nfc and i still think they will be don't get me wrong they've got a very good offense and they their defense looks solid but these are the games that you make a statement and they didn't do that, unfortunately. Yeah. And that is it for the roundup. It was an entertaining week. There were some very surprising results and some not so surprising results. But thank you for joining me, Rich. Can you, can you like to tell the fans where they can find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me at uh, RichKingFF on Twitter, and you can see all of my work that I do. Um, and if you've any, got any questions at any time, then you know that always reach out i'm always happy to help excellent and you can find me at addicted to underscore ff on twitter uh all of my articles are on the five yard brush website 
Um, and yeah, just like Rich said, you can reach out to me, reach out to any of the Five Yard Rush boys. We're always happy to, to answer your questions, get into conversation on Twitter. Yeah, we might not always agree with you, but we'll always be happy to talk to you about it. <laughs> um, and, and that is it for another week. Um, Lee may be back with us next week, he may not, but uh, thanks very much for joining me, Rich. I appreciate it. Yeah, cheers. No worries. And until next time, Rush Nation, keep on rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm gonna do this to protect myself. Do it for them, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.